Well, good morning, good-looking people. How are you? Well, there's not a lot of few good-looking people out there. Good-looking people. I said good morning. There they are, just playing with y'all. My name's Phil Nelson, and I'm one of the pastors here. We are in the final Sunday of the Alter Ego Sermon Series. And if you really enjoyed it, say, aww. But uh, we are so excited uh, with what feedback we're hearing from all of you. Uh, many of you have purchased the book and are just uh, going uh, deeper in, in the practicals and the application of that. And uh, kudos to you for doing that. I know that you will reap what you sow uh, in pursuing God. It is a book called Alter Ego uh, by Craig Groeschel. And uh, the last three weeks we have looked at laying down three things, and by faith, uh, this week, we will lay down a fourth. So the goal of this series is you're going to repeat after me, okay? Becoming who God says you are. Go ahead. Becoming who God says you are. So everyone is with me. Let's say it one more time. Ready? Becoming who God says you are. That is the key message of this entire series. And so we see this altar, which is spelled a little differently than we're used to. It's A-L-T-A-R, which just symbolizes an altar that for hundreds of thousands of years, people would truly sacrifice and lay something down on the altar of God. And even now in this, uh, in this century, and, and even 2018, uh, we have symbolisms of altars. Uh, stage, uh, depending on what church you go to, they have altars, but we still have an altar uh, spiritually where we can lay things down at God's feet, and that's what it's all about, and ego is all about what you think about yourself. It's who you believe that you are, and unfortunately, many of us think too highly of ourselves, and many of us think too lowly of ourselves, so whatever case, we need to lay down who we think we are, who we believe we are, and even who others say you are down on the altar before God and become who God says you are. And if you missed the last three uh, weeks of messages, don't fret because you can actually go on our phone app, you can go on YouTube, you can go on our website, and you can download those videos or those audio uh, messages and uh, plug right back in. You can also purchase the book if you'd like. Um, so me, let's let's talk about me. No, I'm kidding. Um, just to be transparent, uh, I have been really humbled by this series. Um, it has it has been teaching me a lot, and I've been wrestling with it a lot, and it's been difficult a lot. And uh, so being completely transparent with you, yeah, I, I have struggled pretty much all my life with the feelings of insecurities and still have some that pop up like that game whack-a-mole, you know what I mean? You don't know where they're coming and you don't know when it's coming up, but it just pops up. You got to keep hitting them down, hitting them down. It feels like that sometimes. And uh, I have to remind myself who I am, but by faith, I lay down my feelings of inadequacy 
and I start to become who God says I am. Anyone with me? Yeah, I have a need to control things. It has gotten me a few times or a million times. Uh, this one can be a challenge because what do we do? We lay down our need for control, and then what do we do? We pick it back up, and then we lay it back down, and then we pick it back up, and then we're going on all good, and all of a sudden this situation, uh, like Daniel, Pastor Daniel was saying on the road to 28, yeah, I had a few of those cars la- this week. Uh, one of them had a bumper sticker on, so I didn't pass yet. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, we pick it up, and then we lay it down, and we pick it up, and we lay it down. Why? Why is that? It's because we love to be in control. We love it, and so it is so difficult to lay that down. But by faith, we need to lay down our need for control and start to become who God says we are. And yes, Pastor Phil, there are some areas in my heart that I have not fully laid down to the Lord that have caused me to get offended. And if we're really honest, all of us, the stuff we often get offended at and by really makes no difference in life at all. And yet, it robs us of so much and messes us up and knocks us off the balance beam time and time and time again. But by faith, we're going to lay down. We're going to lay down. I forgot this one. It's, it's, it's there. What is it? Our right to be offended. And today, well, shall I say this before I go on to today's? As we do this, as we lay down our feelings of insecurities, as we lay down our uh, need for control, as we lay down our right to be offended, we begin to grow spiritually. Have you seen it these past three weeks in your life? Maybe. It happens. When you do lay it down at God's feet, you will produce fruit. And it will be spiritual fruit. And we will begin to walk in our identity and our calling and our responsibility. And we will start to become who Jesus says we are. If you think about this spiritual growth for a minute, think about it. Your identity, you did nothing to earn it. It was given freely to you. And this coming month, we're going to celebrate and reflect on what Jesus fully did to complete the penalty for our sin for us. It's a miracle, if you think about it, how Jesus calls us, Jesus calls you to come to him and literally lay it all down at his feet. And he takes it from you. He literally takes it from you. And what he gives you is his peace. What he gives you is joy and love and what only he can give. And it's a burden that is so light and enjoyable. And so we need to learn to lay it down, folks, at the feet of Jesus, knowing that when we do that, there will be such freedom and we will begin to be able to grow more and more 
like Jesus. And so the sermon title for today is we are going to lay down our longing for approval. Would you say this with me? Laying down our longing for approval. One more time. Laying. <clears throat> Forgive me, I have a little chest cold this morning. We all love to be loved, don't we? If you think about it, God created us to be loved and to love. We're going to lay down our longing for approval. Is that okay with you guys? I mean, are, are you okay with that? Are, are, you, are you pleased with me? Are, are, are you happy? Are, I mean, does my outfit look okay? Um, I mean, it, it, I hope I don't go too long in the message, so I hope that you don't get offended if I go long. So is that okay if we do that? We're going to lay down our need for approval, our longing for approval. And pastors, can I get an amen, Jacob and Daniel? We struggle with this so much as well. We're going to lay down our longing for approval. And a sobering realization for me, church, is that a good majority, looking back in my life and even present, a good majority of the hurt and the pain and the difficult seasons of my life were actually due to the death grip that I had on the longing to be approved by others. It has taken me to places that I shouldn't have gone and that I wish I didn't go to. And it, quite frankly, caused me to develop one of the most unhealthy habits that I have had since a child. And that is a deep desire and a deep longing to be understood. Can you relate? And when people understand my heart, people understand who the real Phil is, then they would approve of me. And when they don't approve of me, it is a direct assault against my character. And then I define that misunderstanding of my heart as rejection. And it leads me down a path of depression, discouragement, feeling like a failure, wanting to throw the towel in, becoming someone who God does not say that I am. And so, church, I have to continually lay down the longing for approval of others down at the feet of Jesus where it matters most. Now, don't get me wrong and don't tune me out. And don't walk out at this point because I want to clarify something. God built us to want to be loved and to love. To want to be encouraged and to be encouraged. God even instructs us in scripture to edify and build each other up. That is not what I'm saying is what we need to lay down. However, seeking for approval and pursuing the approval above all and forgetting who God says we are is what is going to lead us down a very slippery slope. 
and has caught many of you in this web of chaos that has led you to just be controlled by living for the approval of others. You see, when finding approval from others become the funnel of whether you are valuable or not, whether you have worth or not, is not going to lead you to become who God says you are. Are you with me? And so this vicious, hungry monster called approval of others can truly eat you alive. And for some of you, you feel like it's actually eaten most of you and there's nothing left. And if we're not careful to find our true value and our true worth in God, if we're not careful to lay it down, we're going to find ourselves becoming who we think we are and who others say we are and not becoming who God says we are. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's somebody who can relate to that. I know that I can. I'm kidding. I can. And this is one that gets me every time. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at five indicators that maybe you are longing for the approval of others. The first one. First one. You may be longing for the approval of others if you occasionally or often worry about what others think. Is that you? And to what degree? For example, if you have to give a public speech or I come up to you a couple weeks ahead of time and say, hey, would you deliver the sermon on a Sunday? You would probably get very nervous doing that speech. Why? Think about it. The root cause is we care what others think about us. It matters. And so we get nervous because we're worried about what people think. You are constantly, excuse me, you are constantly on edge wondering if others are talking about you. Hey, why are they snickering? Like, are, are they laughing at me? They're not, what am I doing? Like, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Why don't they approve of me? Why can't I just fit in? If, if, if you post something on social media, uh-oh, and then you go back like 12 seconds later, and you're wondering why people haven't commented or replied on your post yet, especially a post of your precious kid, And you're wondering, did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? Why don't people like me? We're consumed by what others think. And sometimes, and sometimes, and a lot of times for some others, it's something very itty-bitty small and insignificant. Something would say like, hey, how are you? And you'd be like, what? What's wrong? Do I look bad? Like, do I look sick? What? 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 what are you? I just asked, "How are you?" And you just were so consumed with what people think. And if we're completely honest 
with ourselves, we probably find some sort of longing for approval in our hearts from others. Number two, a second indicator that you are longing for the approval of others is this. We are often way too sensitive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to offend you. This one gets a lot of us. Some of you guys are going, yeah, right. Oh, come on. <laughs> hey, Phil. I like your message. Hey, Phil. You're doing a good job with the church. Hey, Phil. Hey, I really like what you're wearing. Hey, Phil, I like this. I like this. And I could get a thousand compliments. And what happens? I zoom in on the one negative. The one negative. And all of a sudden, it ruins the thousands of compliments. And I feel like the worst pastor ever. And I can't make an impact. And I can't lead my church. And I might as well just throw in the towel. And where's the violin? Right? We are oversensitive. And if we're not careful, guys, it can actually paralyze you. Some of you right now are paralyzed because you're longing for approval by others has paralyzed you with way overboard sensitivity to others that you have forgotten who God says you are. Maybe you get a new outfit and you know you look good. The person who sold you the outfit said so. So you go to the public mall and you go to work and you even go home to strut your stuff. And no one says anything. What's wrong with them? Don't they see me? Don't they know that I went to all this hassle to get ready? And don't they know that I got new blush and new mascara? And oh my gosh. What? And then you start to think, what's wrong with me? Why am I not attractive? Why didn't God, God, why didn't you make me pretty? God, why didn't you make me strong and manly? Why, why aren't women attracted to me, God? Come on. And we long for approval, and so we become completely too sensitive. We're overly sensitive. Maybe you can relate, and I'm, I'm going to lay out my laundry right now for a minute. Some of you are going to say, yep, that just happened. Maybe you text or email somebody. Greg Dolby, sorry. <laughs> and they don't reply for like a day or two. And you wonder, are they ticked off at me? Like, did I do something? Did I say something? And then you're going through all your texts. And you're wondering, why are they so upset at me? And then all of a sudden, you're wrapped in this discouragement and depression and they didn't even see the text. I mean, we are way oversensitive. Now, before you break down on me and tune me out again, let me clarify. I am not saying that it's bad or unhealthy to have a desire to be encouraged and built up. In Hebrews, it tells us to encourage one another, build up the body of Christ into love and good deeds. 
That is important, and all of us are made with a desire to be encouraged, to keep pressing on, to be who God says you are. However, there is a ginormous difference between the desire for encouragement and the longing for approval from others. Huge difference. The super-duper important key is where do you look for approval and who do you pursue to get approval from? That's the key. Teens, listen up because this is huge in our culture today in your schools and in college and believe it or not, in the workforce today. The key difference in becoming who God says you are versus who we think we are and who others say we are is what you look for for approval, where you look for it, and who you look to for approval. Simmer on that for a second. Let me even ask you that. Look in your life just the past two weeks. Where have you looked for approval from others? And who are you looking for, or who are you looking to, rather, for approval? Go ahead and answer that for yourself. The third indication, and before I say that, going back to we're too sensitive, how often do we look for approval in all the wrong places? Looking for love in all the wrong places. If you don't know what I'm singing, ask an adult. <laughs> or look up Saturday Night Live, Eddie Murphy. Okay. <laughs> Looking for love. I'm so sorry. Someone got it. Now we're having church. <laughs> The third indication that you may be longing for approval is this. You compromise your values. You compromise your values. There's something you believe deeply in, but you compromise it for approval for others. You're a young girl, and you love God more than anything, and you want to honor God with your purity. Stop right there. If that's you, you need to... Come to youth on Sunday nights. Parents, get your youth there because they are talking about the three-letter word. Starts with S, ends with X. Okay? And they are talking about purity in a godly, biblical form. This is very important. And by the way, can I just say this as your pastor? If your child is seven or eight, it's time to have that talk. They are seeing things on their phones and on their computers when you don't know it, and they're getting the talk from someone else. May it be from you. This is huge, very important, and a wake-up call for us as parents. Young girl, wanting to be pure before God, but you're dating a guy, and he says, I love you, baby. You're the one for me. Nobody else. Your name is written in the skies for me. And 
your love makes me feel so good, but I want to feel so gooder if you know what I mean. And all of a sudden, what happens? You give him what he wants, and you compromise your values for the approval of someone else. Or all the brohams in the house. You're hanging out with other guys, and they're telling crude jokes, and they're talking about others in you, what you know is a not Christ-honoring way. Many of you have jobs where this is just the daily language. But you kind of just laugh at it, brush it off, you play along, and maybe even you chime in and add language that you know you shouldn't be using. But hey, you just want to fit in. You don't want them to feel like you're the religious guy breathing over their necks, right? You just want to fit in. And so you compromise your values. Or you really believe in being debt-free and you want to manage your finances wisely of what God has given you, but you end up buying things that you don't need and that you know that you shouldn't have with money you don't even have to impress other people you don't even know. You compromise your values because you want people to like you based on what you have and what you look like and what brand is on your body. Fourth indicator where you might be longing for the approval of others is that you hesitate sharing your faith. This one's tough. This one's tough. You really believe Jesus is the Son of God? You really believe that he's died for you, forgiven your sins? made you a new creation, has transformed you, will never leave you and never forsake you. And you've got a friend who doesn't know that. A friend who, may, who maybe is hurting and is lost in his or her sin. And you want to share the goodness of God with them. But you don't want to be the freako religious person. And you don't want them to feel awkward. And you don't want to lose them as your friend. And so what do you do? You compromise and you don't share your faith of the good news of the gospel. And this is very difficult for a lot of us to hear. But if you look at your life, even in the past month, of the things that you talk most about with others, strangers, on, on, the uh, on the metro bus or, or, or at a, a public place or at your work, what brand new movie are you just talking like crazy about? What restaurant do you never stop referring people to? Chick-fil-A, Cheesecake Factory, Maggiano's, right? You talk and you talk and you're not ashamed to tell them about this amazing restaurant. You're not ashamed to tell them about this new essential oil that you just got and this health and beauty product lineup that is just amazing. Or, hey, look, I got this new tool for my coach, man. This is amazing. Da, 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 da. Kid, hey, look at the new iPhone that I got. Look at all these apps that I can get. Da, 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 da. And it's not the new iPhone in two more months. But we talk about things that consume us and drive us. And yet the most important thing is that Jesus came and he didn't need to and he didn't have to and he took our place and he died for our sin and he rose again conquering death, 
hell, sin, and the grave to give us new life. So when these earthly bodies, thank God, just pass away and deteriorate, and all you have is skeleton bones in your coffin, you will be alive and made new with Jesus Christ. That is what we need to be talking about. And that is what we need to be unashamed about. And so how we do that is we lay down our longing for approval for others down at the altar and we love and embrace Jesus. And five, finally, the fifth indicator that you have a longing for approval is you have a hard time saying no. No. Two-letter word, one of the most difficult words to get out of your mouth. No. Hey, can you do this for me? Hey, can you commit to this? And let's leave Good Friday and Easter out of this because that is spiritual stuff. Seriously, though. Can you do this? Hey, can you coach this team? Hey, can you do this? And you're screaming inside like, if they only knew how many plates that I have spinning and how many balls that I'm juggling in the air and how many things that I got going on and I can't even make dinner for my kids and I can't even do this and have time for myself. Yeah, sure, can I, I'll do it. No matter, when can I start? What? And you do it all the time. It's because you don't want to disappoint people. You don't want to turn them down and you don't want them to think that you don't like them. Because if, you don't, if they think that you don't like them, then they don't like you, and all of a sudden you just lost a friend. Why do we do this? Why do we fill our schedule with so many things that really don't matter for people that don't even really care about us? It's because we long for the approval of others. Affirm me. Affirm me. Make me feel good. And here is a truth that I want to leave with you. Becoming obsessed with the approval of others and what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Let's say it together. Ready? Becoming obsessed with what people think about you. Keep going. Learning to say no. Well, I was in college was the most freeing experience, one of the most freeing experiences that I've had in my life thus far. It was also one of the most difficult challenges for me to conquer. Because in college, and especially in theater, they need you for everything. And every area of life is calling for your attention and for your commitment. And you say yes to everything. And so I had to learn to say no. And it came at a price. It came losing dear loved ones in my life. 
It came losing my reputation. It even came losing uh, some of my grades. It affected my grades. But I believe, hear me, I believe that had I not laid down the longing for approval from others and began saying no to the good and saying yes to the best that God had for me, even if that meant letting the closest people down in my life, get this, I believe that had I not done that, I would not have been in the right place in my life that would change my life forever. I wouldn't have been ready when those bricks just came tumbling down and changed and impact me forever. And those bricks were named Lauren Beisline, who is now my wife of 15 years and my best friend. And had I not said no to the things that were calling my attention and commitment, I would have not been ready as the man of God I needed to be, and I would not have had the time to commit to developing a relationship with who is now my wife. Saying no truly makes a difference. Saying no is laying down your longing for approval from others and saying yes to the best that God has is becoming who God says you are. Someone needs to hear that. Scripture in the Old Testament after the book of Psalms is the book of Proverbs. In chapter 29, verse 25, it says this, and it's going to be up on the screen. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Can we say it together? The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord, amen. Fear of the man will prove to be a snare. Fear of man is, what does she think? What are they saying about her? What does he think? Did they notice? Did they notice? Do they care? Were they impressed? What is their opinion of me? Fear of man will prove to be a snaps, uh, uh, excuse me, a not a, a snare and a trap. Sorry, I got tongue-tied for a minute. The Hebrew word is mokesh. And it actually means a snare, a trap, or it also means very literally, it was a hook that people would use to put literally inside the animal's nose to pull the animal around. It's a snare. It's a trap. And you know what some of you look like? In life, with your longing of approval, I know it's gross. You look like this. Hey, did they, did they see my paper? Hey, did, did they see my new outfit? Did they see my post on Facebook with my adorable kids on there? Did they, do, they, do, they, do they approve of me? Do they affirm? Don't get that on the camera. Uh, do they affirm? Do they affirm? Do they approve? Do they approve? I wonder if those kids are going to think, if they're going to see that my socks don't match. And oh my, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if that boy likes me. And, 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 and did, my boss, did my boss see what I did? Did, did, did he? Did he? Did he? Did he? Did he? Did he? And, and we become consumed and we, it's a trap. For most of us, and you're going to remember that. Next time you're starting to long for the approval of others around you, just think about that hook in your nose. And that is how you look. But that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the fear of man is a trap. 
is a trap. So what's the problem? What is the problem? Are you ready for this? What is the problem? It's pleasing people. And you know what pleasing people is according to God? It's idolatry. It is idolatry. It is the sin of idolatry. It's putting the approval of people ahead of the approval and the opinion of God. It's making people too big in our lives and God way too small. It's what the Bible calls selfish ambition. We are all out for self and driven by self, with, which then leads to selfishness, which then leads to bitterness because you're not getting what you want from the person that you want to get it from. I know I'm speaking to someone this morning. You see, when our self-ambition is driven by the approval of others, it leads to bitterness, leads to envy. And you know what the Bible says about it? James 3, verses 14 through 16. But if you harbor bitter envy, and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find every disorder and every vile practice. Longing for approval from others is toxic. It's poisonous. And it will kill the identity of who God says you are in your life. In fact, the longing for approval, I think, is one of the greatest limiting factors in our lives. Parents, your goal, a lot of times, is I want my kids to like me. They may like you today, but they're not going to respect you tomorrow. Because your number one call is not to be their friend. Your number one call is to be their shepherd, their guide, their teacher, their rock, and their model. Don't try to approve, get approval from your kids. The approval that you want is their lives laying down at the altar of Jesus. That's the approval you live for. If you want to be a leader, teens, in your school, and you're consumed with what your friends think about you, you're no longer a leader but a follower. You can't lead them because you're following others. If you want to be a leader in business, you will have to make incredibly difficult calls that other people will not understand and not be fans of. You cannot be consumed by what people think about you. You have to do what's right. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, you cannot be consumed with what people think about you. Because you cannot, <coughs> excuse me, 
You cannot simultaneously live for the approval of others and the approval of God. Did you get that? You cannot simultaneously live for the approval of others and live for the approval of God. You cannot. You cannot, let me say it differently, simultaneously live for the approval of others and become who God says you are. It won't happen. So how do we cover this disease to please? This disease to please. Number one, and we're going to go fast. Write this down if this is hitting you in the heart. Number one, we must focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. Hello, Phil. Right? Are you with me? We must focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. It's that simple. We want to live not for the crowd, but the audience of one, our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 1.10, Paul says, obviously, people, I'm not trying to win the approval of whom? He said, for now, I'm not seeking the approval of man. I'm seeking to please God. If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. If you want to follow Christ and be a servant of Christ, you cannot try to please man. Here's something that rocks me every time, and I think it's going to rock some of you. And every time I say it out loud, it's like a piece of dead, ugly, dry plaster just peels off. And it's this. You ready? I can't please everybody. I can't please all people. I will disappoint many of you, and I will fail some of you. You will disappoint many people in your life, and you will fail some people in your life. This is freeing. We need to understand that no matter how hard and long that we try, there ain't no way you're going to please everybody. And if you get consumed on pleasing everybody, you will not be thinking about what God thinks about you. You will be consumed with what others think about you. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. And the scary thing is, is the longing for approval by others will always leave you empty, discouraged, depressed, feeling defeated, and you just want to throw in the towel. And I want to leave you with this poem. And I've read it, I think, several weeks ago, but it fits perfectly with we must focus on pleasing God and not people. And the poem goes like this. Can you put that up there? Lord, sometimes I wish I was the one who always had the stage, that people thought I was wonderful and always gave me praise, longing for approval from others. Can you relate? 
I'd love to get the glory. I'd love to steal the show. I'd love to watch them standing when I look into the rows. But what if today, when I walked on stage, I found I was alone and all the seats were empty and everyone else was home? Can I honestly say that I would stay and do my best for you if no one else was there to notice all the things I do? It makes me wonder. Would I give it my all if I were always standing on an empty stage? Would I still go the distance if no one gave me praise? Would I want to shine so brightly if I was only in heavenly light? Lord, would I care to share if it was just you here tonight? It makes me wonder. What motivates my actions in everything I do? Am I really just serving me while pretending I'm serving you? Lord, you know how much I need to hear that everyone knows my name. But if they don't know, know yours, how much have I really gained? So if I should ever stand on stage and listen to the cheers, remind me that it's just noise unless yours are the claps I hear. Whatever I do in this life, may I always long for your praise. Whenever I look to the world for esteem, may your blood humble me back into place. And if I should ever get angry for not receiving the credit I'm due, Lord, remind me that instead of a pat on the back, they gave a cross to you. Being obsessed by what others think about you is the quickest way to forget who God says you are. And so we must focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. And last point, as the band comes up, we're going to start living for the approval of God alone. And if you agree with me, I want you to say it loud and strong. Ready? We're going to start living for the approval of God alone. Do it again. We're going to start living for the approval of God alone. Amen. That is what real life change is about, church. If you're a follower of Jesus, God approved you through Jesus Christ. You are approved through Jesus Christ. He already approves of you. He has given you a brand new identity. He has made you a new creation, one that will never be defeated nor will die with our earthly body. That is good news. I am no longer a slave to fear. Because I have been approved and I am a child of God. You live from the approval of God instead of what others think about you. Because what Jesus Christ did. And believe me, the Good Friday walkthrough experience will take you to a whole new depth of understanding what Jesus Christ did for you. Because of what Christ did for you, my worth is not based on what others think about me. Thank you, Jesus. My worth is based on what God says about me. Somebody needs to hear this. Your worth is not based on what other pe people think about you. And so what we're going to do before we respond in worship, I want everybody to stand up. And the big question in this is, okay, yes, I want to please God and not please people. And I want to live for God's approval alone. But what does God say about me? What is the truth about who I am? Who are you? Who does God say you are? You can't walk in that truth if you don't know that truth. 
And so what we're going to say is I'm going to put up the first slide. And I'm going to say the top in italics. And we're going to say who we are together. And some of you are going to experience freedom like you've never experienced before. And you're going to start laying down who you think you are. And you're going to start walking in who God says you are. Because that is different. And church, don't just think it. You speak it. Why? It's because there's this little thing called the tongue. And the Bible says that it's a little vessel, but it does the most damage. Just like on a boat, the rudder guides this huge cruise ship and, 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 and missile launcher ship. It, it guides it and directs it. So does the tongue. And so you need to speak truth of who God says you are and not speak who the world says you are. It is life-changing. It will set you free. So you are not damaged goods, everybody, in Christ. You are not condemned. Someone say it like they mean it. Amen. You are not unwanted. You are no longer chained up and enslaved to sin. No longer. We need, we need to say that again. Ready? Go back. I am forgiven. Come on. I am washed clean. I am free indeed. You are not defeated in Jesus Christ. You are not drowning in anxiety and worry anymore. Say it. You are not a nobody. Amen. You are not a waste. You are not confused. And you are not hopeless. You are not an addict. Celebrate recovery people said amen. You are not a slave to what others have bound you. Come on, people. Let's say that again together. Ready? I am victorious through the same power that rose Jesus. Take that in. Seriously. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of you. That's incredible. Next. Nothing. Let's read this together. Nothing can from the love of Christ. Not death, come on, not life, not angels, nor demons, not rulers, not things present, get ready, man, not things to come, not powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. Put your hands together and let's declare who we are. Come on. 